Welcome to the Well Community Jokes. Thank you guys so much. It's a little bit different for us because in our previous potlucks, we've kind of just uh, had an informal night. And this year, we, with some of the momentum we've been experiencing and just what God's doing, and even in our series, Gospel Fluency, we just wanted to take, uh, add a bit more formality to it. And I just wanted to take a few minutes to continue on in our series of Gospel Fluency, speaking the truths of Jesus into the everyday stuff of life. And uh, if you haven't uh, heard any of it, or if you've missed any, you can find them on our website, search for our podcast at The Well Binbrook. But uh, I just want to take two, 10 minutes tonight to just share this message as we gather around the tables and share a meal together. And last week I was talking about how as we learn this new language, it's so important to be immersed in it, uh, to think gospel thoughts. And if we're going to grow in gospel fluency then we need to be surrounding ourselves with people who talk the gospel fluently, people who, who love Jesus and know Jesus and can remind us of Jesus when we forget or when we struggle. And I think that's just what's so beautiful, too, about coming together on the Saturday nights because that's one part of just immersing, immersing ourselves in a gospel-fluent community. So I, I believe it's important that as we're learning to become gospel-fluent, to learn how to engage the everyday rhythms of life with the gospel because they're not mutually exclusive. It's not like we have life here and the gospel over here. The, the gospel should inform the way we live and, and shape the way we live. So this includes eating, listening, celebrating, blessing, resting, working, but it requires us to be intentional and on mission. So tonight I want us to briefly look at eating or remembering through eating. Eating to remember. Because eating has played this significant role since the beginning of time. In, in the way we worship, in the way we remember who God is, what he's done, and even who we are. Because right from the start, you have Adam and Eve, and they're provided this great place to live. And they have all the food that they need. And every meal was this opportunity for them to remember, to trust, and obey. Every meal was this opportunity for them to remember and to worship and say, look, look at what we've been blessed with and provided with. So you see, God loves us and he takes care of us in generously creative ways. I'm sure there's times in your life that you've even struggled with, I don't know how God's going to do it this time. But he miraculously does. He comes through in this way that you never anticipated or expected. And he uses such a creative generosity that it just blows us away time and time again. And, and even as we eat our meals, he's given us five senses to, to enjoy these meals. And God wants us to enjoy what we have. God wants us to use that to worship him, to thank him, to remember him. But when I think about God wanting us to enjoy a meal, I think about this scene from What About Bob? Oh, Mm. 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 Mm.
is so scrumptious. Is this hand shut? Mm-hmm. Would you like some more chicken, Bob? Mm. So for those of you who aren't familiar with What About Bob, great movie, check it out. Uh, but what if our worship was like that? What if we worship Jesus at every meal like that? Maybe not outwardly expressive such as Bob, but that inward posture that just shapes us where, mmm, mmm, <laughs> Faye, this is scrumptious. <laughs> but... It's this posture of just being so thankful for what we have in front of us, so appreciative for what we have in front of us, and just thankful that we're having our needs met by Jesus. So not every meal has to be an elaborate feast, although it's fun to do it, and it's fun to have these potlucks. But what if we took the time at every meal as we gather around the table, even the very simple ones, To just give thanks to God. And not just praying at the beginning, thanking him for the meal, but kind of this worshipful experience throughout the meal where we're just thankful that he's provided for us. Which leads us to remembering the meal, which we often celebrate weekly here at the well. And we have the the communion table set up at the front. But tonight as we're sitting around tables, I thought what a beautiful picture of coming together around the table to remember the meal. Because Adam and Eve, they didn't remember and trust and obey perfectly. So eventually, Jesus came to be God's ultimate provision for us. And as we know, the story goes, on on the night he was betrayed, he, he shared the Passover meal with his disciples. And the Passover meal was this, this night that commemorated, this meal that remembered when God struck down every firstborn in Egypt, except for those families uh, that, that were God's chosen people who, who had this, this lamb and they, they, they shared in a meal together and then they took the lamb's blood and put it over their doorposts so that God would go over their homes. And that was the last sign that, that finally broke Pharaoh and Pharaoh let God's people go. So God's chosen people, Israel, would have this Passover meal together to remember God rescuing them out of slavery. But at Jesus' last meal with his disciples before his death, he showed how every Passover meal had always pointed to him, had always pointed to Jesus. And it was at this meal that Jesus changed the Passover to the Lord's Supper as his meal. It became the the meal at which we remember how he rescued us out of slavery how he rescued us from sin by becoming the true and better sacrificial lamb of God for us. So Jesus picks up the bread and and he he blesses it and he, he gives thanks and he breaks it and he says, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he does the same thing with the cup. And he passes it around after giving thanks and he says to them, this is my blood of the covenant 
which is poured out for many. And this is why at the well, it's so important that we remember it week after week, that we remember the gospel of Jesus in, in our music, in our preaching, and in, in sharing the meal together. Because in our desire to see people grow in gospel fluency, we have made space in our schedule to take the bread and the cup together in meaningful ways. And this is such a good reminder how the gospel can influence and shape every aspect of our lives, even eating. So eating to remember reminds us to be thankful, grateful, appreciative, but of course not just for the meal, but for so much more. And those four questions that we've been asking throughout this series, who's Jesus, what has Jesus done, or what is he doing? Who are we in light of Jesus' work? How should we live in light of who we are? What if we asked ourselves these questions, and perhaps even those gathered around our tables, these questions, as we eat together, to just remind ourselves, who's Jesus? What, what, he's do, what is he doing here? And then just to remind us to be so thankful for what he's putting together and how he's providing. And it seems so simple that Jesus took bread. But I think in, in our day and age, bread's just so common and it's not hard to come by and it's even so bland. But in many parts of the world, this isn't the case, nor was it in Jesus' day. I can't think of a time when I needed some bread, but I wasn't able to get any. Even when we've run out here on a Saturday, we're just able to zip over to Freshco and get a fresh loaf. But for them, in Jesus' day, bread was the staple food. Bread was the main thing they had to live on. So without bread, people died. And it's when we appreciate this that we begin to get a sense of Jesus' claim when he says, I am the bread of life. It's, he's not a complimentary side that we nibble on while we're waiting for the main meal. No, Jesus says he's the staple of life. He's what we need in order to truly live. But I think it's important to notice the nuance because I don't know for you, but for me, I grew up in a Christian home and I would hear that Jesus is the bread of life. And you sometimes emphasize the bread of life, and you flip out those words. But I was reminded in a book I was reading recently by another pastor that we need to emphasize not Jesus is the bread of life, but Jesus is the bread of life. And it's such a small nuance, but I don't know, that just jumped out to me this week. And it, it was just that Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is what saves us. Jesus is who, who sustains us. Jesus is draws near to us. Jesus makes it possible for us to forgive. Jesus is who satisfies the deepest emotional and spiritual needs that we have. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. It's all about Jesus. And I just had this really weird conversation last week. I've told a few of you about it. I, I, there was a lady looking for, to speak to a pastor in Binbrook. And uh, my cell phone number is our church number, and she called me up, and I'll um, sidestep the colorful language and questions she had for me. But uh, every so often, she'd pause and say, you just seem so happy. What is it that you believe? And I'm like, Jesus, like, if you want, I'll tell you some more about him. She's like, no, no, that's okay. So I'm like, okay. So I, we keep on talking, and finally she t stops and says, sorry, you just seem too happy. What is it that you believe? And I'm like, Jesus. And she's like, I hate to break it to you. That guy died. And I said, well, 
Did you hear? He actually came back. (laughs) And it just reminded me that it all comes down to Jesus. When I was asked, what do I believe? The only way I could summarize it was Jesus. Jesus is the bread of life. So as we continue to eat together, as we continue to share meals around tables with our families or on our own as we're going through drive throughs let us eat to remember. Let us start by remembering that it's Jesus who's the true bread of life. It's Jesus that sustains, that provides. So we start by practicing it in here at the, at the table but then I encourage you to take it home and start practicing it around your tables. So may Jesus be our focus as we continue to become gospel-fluent people and gospel-fluent communities.